Welcome to the podcast of the Modern Witches. We are excited to share with you contents and interviews that will allow you to explore the diversity of spiritual path. The Modern Witches Confluence community is creating a sacred container for those witch curious, witch identifying, and magically minded to authentically connect and learn. In this podcast, we are excited to share with you magical interviews of our current and past teachers. You will learn different practices, beliefs, and meet with witches that will encourage you to cultivate and deepen connection with your own practice. So sit back, grab your tea, and enjoy. Liz Miliarelli, and I am an herbalist and an educator. Um, I live in the Hudson Valley in New York, in upstate New York, on Asopus uh, Lenape lands. And I am a gardener. I tend a very big garden, um, and I teach classes on plant magic, uh, medicine making, ancestral work, and I guess just like magic in general. Um, but I'm a storyteller and um, work a lot with folklore and um, and the seasons and, and seasonal practices within um, herbal traditions. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. Um, for everyone tuning in, Liz is a teacher of mine and um, I've learned so much about magic and seasonality from Liz. So I'm very excited to be having this conversation about magic because what else is there to talk about? Um, <laughs> and to be sharing it with everyone. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'd love to begin just by asking, you know, how you, how your connection or your understanding of your connection with spirit and magic began and, you know, what was that experience like for you when you had that maybe awareness or feeling? Yeah, I think it started when I was really, really young, um, of just sensing, sensing mystery and not knowing what it is and it's not like I still know what it is but just that um that was a this an invisible realm that felt very potent to me as a kid and I think through reading you know children's books and lots of fairy tales and, and folk tales as a kid I started to understand that a word that can kind of apply to that feeling that I felt was magic um, even though that's even a word that feels hard to define in a lot of different ways. Um, but knowing that there was, or just feeling, not knowing, it was a feeling that there was something else that I was a part of that was also connected with everything else. Um, 
was kind of a, an experience I had ever since being very, very young. Um, I don't really remember like the first time I felt it, but it's just kind of a feeling that I've always carried and it never felt like scary or weird. It was just like, this is how things are. This is, this is how the world is. I love that. Just like basic understanding that magic is there and you're operating inside of it or with it in some way. Yeah. Like it felt like something that I was always in relationship to, even though it wasn't necessarily like a conscious relationship of like, I'm going to show up in this way to feel this way today. But it was more of just like a, this is here and this is a part of what aliveness is, um, or this is a part of what this earth is, is being connected into that feeling. Do you feel like the the people around you and your family or your peers or like even the landscape was kind of communicating those things to you or supporting you in that idea? I mean, my parents definitely let me read a ton. I was always reading. And so I feel like I really got a lot from fairy tales and wonder tales and folk tales. That was like very, very informative for me. And it really felt like those stories kind of, um, just kind of like make a lot of the secrets of the universe available to you. Um, so that was something that I always felt very connected to. Um, but absolutely the, the land as well. I mean, I, I grew up in Manhattan as a kid. So it, that like, <laughs> I don't necessarily remember feeling that feeling in the city as much but like sometimes we would come up to my family's farm here in upstate new york and um i would be like in the apple orchard and feeling like something really strong and <laughs> coming from the apple trees and i feel like trees were really a big portal point for me um into i guess into just the sensing of like they are very much alive and like have wisdom or um, a voice or an energy of their own that like I could kind of sense into. Um, but then again, even in the city, when I was a kid, I would see like ghosts. So that was like a different kind of thing than like a nature feeling that was more of like a spirit, you know, like a, more of a connection with the dead that I felt um as a kid but talking about magic or really spirit at all was like not something that we did we also like didn't go to church like I, I didn't really have like a kind of like spiritual container of any kind as a kid so it was just more of like me kind of feeling feeling the way when did you kind of or have you, do you, let's back up, do you define yourself as a witch? Um, like, are you comfortable with that term and using it? Or is there another term you use to like define your magic and? Yeah, I think I am a witch. It's, it's weird. I feel, I go through a lot of different mm -hmm. feelings about it. Um, I definitely used to like strongly identify as that. And now 
I feel different, but I, I, I also, I'm like, yes, yes, I am, I am a witch. But I think that there's a lot of different ways in which that word is received these days, whether it be like through, you know, the, the scary <laughs> connotations with it or, um, or now it's like almost like commercially co-opted in this way, um, where it's like very, it just like means that you like buy certain things, you know? Trendy. Yeah. 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 It's super trendy. Um, and I feel like that's been kind of like a, no, like I, I want to like resist that a little bit, but, um, but I think so more often than not, I feel like I kind of like refer to myself as like a, a folk magic practitioner of, of sorts. Um, someone who is like very, very grounded in like folk magic traditions. Um, but because there's also like a lot of different lineages within witchcraft with a capital W, which I'm not really a part of any of those either. So, um, but again, it's not like, I think that those are actually like pretty divisive. Like when we're looking at um, like witchcraft as a, as a whole, I would definitely like, I'd like put myself in that pot. Um, but I, I find that really, because I'm not like a part of, of any of those traditions that are commonly associated with witchcraft, like it's easier for me to identify as someone who practices folk magic. For sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm making an assumption, but you're talking about like Wicca or like the more like neo-pagan offshoots of like witch or people in the witch pot. Yeah. And also like, like I'm not like a part of the Anderson fairy tradition or, um, you know, there's even like forms of like witchcraft that kind of like stem from like biblical traditions, a la like Babylon, which I'm like not, a, you know, that's like not necessarily the lens and how I move through the world. Um, I'm interested in all of them. Like I, I like to, to read about them and, and, you know, I have engaged in different practices from different witchcraft traditions, but it really feels like it's like should be and is at the heart of it is like decentralized and um and really about um how we are in relationship with everything around us and so that that feels like we can't really put a label on it too much because it's always changing it's always changing absolutely yeah, I mean, I think part of these interviews has been so interesting for me because I've been asking people, um, you know, how do you relate to the term witch? And then also, like, what what is evoked when you think of a modern witch? Um, so I'd be curious to hear what, what you think about that. Um, but it's, it's, it's a slippery one because there are so many ways to be a witch. And what does modern mean anyway? So... Yeah, that's like a, it's a funny question for me. Like I, I sat with it for a little bit before um, logging on here. And I was like, what am I going to say? So we'll see. Cause I didn't come up with anything. <laughs> I didn't come up with anything at the time. 
but um, I think that, you know, to be a witch or to be someone who is grounded um, or maybe not as grounded within, but maybe just like moves through the world um, with an understanding of like magic being accessible and available to everyone and everything. Um, There's a part of knowing, and this is like as old as the hills, just like magic is, but that the, our fate as humans is like not separate from the fate of the earth. Um, And so for me to like bring modernity into that brings the present moment of where we are collectively to that question of like, how does being a witch like meet this present moment and how does being um, a witch respond? And so it feels less about like the identification of being a witch or like being a modern witch of the day. It's just more of like, we're all here. And how is it that we choose to respond to, um, to where we're at, which is like not very different from, I mean, it's different in regards to climate collapse a hundred percent, which is like the big thing that we're all facing, but our ancestors were also like still facing empire in the same way that we do and the same way that we live every day. So it's like, I don't know, that part of of it is just like, well, we're still living under empire. um, And that's, I guess, modern. And, and that's like a part of it. And so how is it that we meet and respond and, um, work against um, the forces of empire, which I don't know, maybe that sounds, it sounds kind of extreme, but that is like part of what it means to be a witch today. Absolutely. I think too, when you think about when the term witch was really like codified in a certain way and like in a certain context, it was under the guise of like patriarchy and oppression, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. And so here we're still here. Like, I'm just like, we're still, we're still up against the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it never really shifted, but I do feel like the added I mean, although like for our ancestors, I'm sure that like land enclosures felt just as like catastrophic as like sea levels rising today, you know? So that's something that feels like, I'm just like, is that what makes us modern? I don't know. But like, um, I suppose what it, or what it feels more appropriate, I guess, or just appropriate, it's not even the right word, but what feels true or resonant for me is that being a modern witch asks us to be present for the moment that we're in and be in relationship to it rather than uh, like pushing away or a denial of it. Because if witchcraft is about how we are in relationship with what is around us and choosing how we get to be in relationship with that, 
then we are being asked to, to be in relationship and to respond to, to this day, every day. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like being a witch or practicing magic is in some way like a radical act of kind of pushing against maybe modernity in a more um, like systemic sense? Does that make sense? I think it can be. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it absolutely can be because if we're like resisting Nar you know narratives of um empire or patriarchy mm -hmm. or um you know whatever like I, I feel like that in and of itself is is heresy you know it's like we we're then like subverting um that like mainstream narrative um but at the same time, I also think that it comes down to like practice as well and not just rhetoric or um, the language of it, which I guess that's like why for me, it kind of feels like who cares if I identify as a witch, like what is it that I'm actually doing that shows that, right? So um I think it can be really subversive if like the actions that we work with magic are like have that intention to be subversive. Um, but if we're just like sitting around thinking that we are, I don't think that's really doing much. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, I think it's interesting to see capitalism take the witch and make it trendy and try to sell it to us because that feels so kind of like the antithesis of what we're talking about really um yeah a little bit uh, of like their own trickery or illusion yeah yeah a hundred percent it's like a yeah it really feels like it's like the not at all about the practice of it and more about it's like about consumption still so yeah I have a I have a lot of that's like a hard thing to sit with yeah <laughs> it doesn't feel good no it doesn't feel good yeah can you say a little bit about um your the lineages you draw from your personal lineage your history um and the things that kind of formulate your own practice as a witch magic person? yeah absolutely um well I guess I, I mainly ground my work in the traditions and practices of my ancestors. Um, and my people are um, from the Southern Mediterranean. Uh, and, and so I definitely practice some like Mediterranean extracted uh, practices, um, as well as from the British Isles, Celtic, um, Anglo-Saxon, um, and then also from like Western Slavic lands of the Tatra mountains, um, in Poland, but like that's neither here nor there because 
Poland has been on and off the map for a long time. Um, so a lot of the work that I do comes from researching traditions um, from that have emerged from from people's relationship to the land that I know where my people lived, um, whether or not it's like exactly theirs. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it's really hard to tell, but I know that my people hung out in different places near different bodies of water and different mountains. And so, and those traditions and that music and those dances and those recipes are all like a very, very firm foundation that I, um, stand on. Um, I have a, my teachers, I mean, my main, my main teacher who I always kind of like bring it back to is Atava Garcia Swazeki of the Ancestral Apothecary School in Oakland. Um, she was really pivotal for me in, in teaching and, and helping me teach the, the work that I teach, um, as well as really um, helping me form a, a dream work practice that I could really use um, to connect with ancestors, which is like a really big part of how I work with my people. Um, and and also encourage students to do so. So I really like owe that to her. Um, and yeah, I, I went to um, herb school. I studied with a few different herbalists, Corinne Boyer in, in Olympia, Washington. Um, and then I, I went to the Berkeley Herbal Center in, in the Bay um, and did like a clinical herbal training there, which is another way that I work is as like a practitioner, an herbal practitioner, um, which always has magic in it and as a part of it. But um, that wasn't necessarily like a part of what herb school was about. Um, and, and then another teacher that I would like to Kind of bring in is Alessandra Belloni of um, she lives here in New York, um, but she is my my drum teacher and and um, a guide for me who who brought me on like a trip to um, visit the different churches of the Black Madonna in Southern Italy, which is like a very very big part of my spiritual practice today is to work with the Black Madonna. And so she has been just an incredible guide and, and mentor um, in connecting me to those lands where my people are from as well as with, with the Madonna. Um, so yeah, that's, is there anything else that I'm missing? That sounds, I mean, I was, as you were talking, I was like, Liz does so, has so many facets of your spiritual path and practice. And I've always been so, <laughs> like just amazed by that dream work herbs trance I mean storytelling poetry yeah there's a lot in there and I guess like it feels and I, I mean here's I guess this is what I missed out on is just like 
really the plants are like the biggest teacher for me and, and have always been. I mean, that's like kind of really what woke me up to that as a kid and also like has been my way in through herbalism into teaching like the ancestral work that I do or or not te- like offering that because when I was in herb school, I had a lot of like difficulty um, with just like how clinical it was and that there wasn't like that as much like plant spirit uh, magic that I like really felt with the plants. Um, And so I feel like they have always just been like, don't forget, (laughs) you know, this is like, this is still what we are about. It's not just about like boosting immune system function or whatever. It's there's so much more to the plants and they are truly like the biggest teachers that I have. And I get very clear instructions from a lot of them about like what to offer or even like sometimes when I'm saying, like if I'm talking about a certain plan, it's, I feel like it's not even me. It's like them, they, they come through. And so it's, um, yeah, that it, I would like feel bad if I didn't like say like they're the number ones. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a moment kind of on your path where you felt um, maybe lost or like unsure where to step in terms of like where spirit is guiding you? Um, and like, I'm sure the answer is probably yes, but is there anything you would offer to someone who's maybe moving through a similar experience? I feel like I'm in it right now, honestly. <laughs> like, <Really? laughs> yeah. This is for me, just I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really, I feel, yeah. And I feel like I've been in it since like my Saturn return, basically of just this like really tumultuous, like what the hell is going on kind of feeling. Um, and also like really coming to terms with with the fact that like my work is changing, which because like so much of my work is like also tied up in like, I mean, it's, it's not the same as like my spiritual practice. Like it's not, they're, they're different, but they inform each other or my spiritual practice really informs my work so much. And so when things feel kind of like there's either like way too many messages coming in about like what I should do or just like I feel honestly I feel like I've been in a big like waiting game for the past few years of like there's a new emergence that's coming and I don't know what it is yet um and I feel like inadequate and I feel um, like scared and I feel fearful of like how, what that looks like, because I just don't, I just don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And so how I'm getting through it at the moment (laughs) would be like, I'm really turning back to the plants. Like that's really the thing that is, is grounding me the most and feels most nourishing. Um, is to just like keep it as simple as possible. Like I think there are a lot of times when things feel really overwhelming and like, or I feel lost and I try to do a bunch of different stuff to like 
get out of it in some way where I'm like, I have all of these tools. Right. And it's like, well, can you just like commit to like maybe drinking Tulsi once a day and like see if you can kind of build enough of a foundation to have something to sit on that feels nourishing and like not as tumultuous. Um, so that's kind of what, where I'm at is like, uh, really leaning on my plant allies, my friends, um, for just like daily support, because if I can't see like the long vision right now, if I can't access that, then it is kind of like a, okay, kind of like what I was saying before, like, how can I meet this day in this moment? Like what are the needs that I can attend to right now? And what plants are here with me today that can support me? Um, so I'm just trying to keep things like really simple and be really quiet with all of that. Just like, yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of like inner change happening that I can't define yet. And so I'm just like kind of encouraging the process with the herbs and just being as present as I can to it, which is like hard as an impatient person, but mm -hmm. that's I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> that's super helpful though. I think, I think we're like collectively going through such immense transformation on so many levels and it's like very quick so yeah. it feels really important to just remember to like quiet and kind of like pace ourselves because we need to feel resourced in order to grow basically yeah and like there's something that is just so incredibly grounding about making a cup of tea for myself. So, and it's, it's funny, like I'm an herbalist, like I get paid to be an herbalist. That's my work. And I have a really hard time making tea for myself. Like it's not something that I do every day. And I think that a lot of people think that I would do that because I'm, that's what I, that's my job. But like, I'm really good at doing it for other people and I'm not good at doing it for myself. And so to like even put the herbs into a jar and like pour the water over and like watch them and kind of like offer a prayer is so powerful for me. But I, again, it's like not something that I can do every day. So it's, it's been, it's been something that I'm like really trying to ask myself to do and to show up for, um, just to have something that's like anchoring these days because yeah, everything is really tumultuous and like none of us have processed 2020 yet and it's like still not over. And so, yeah, just to find little moments where I can like bring my awareness, my full awareness to taking care of myself in just a very, very small way is really powerful it's like more powerful than I have the proper words for um but I I love it and I need to do more of it yeah I'm just thinking about the cup of tea I'm gonna go make after our conversation <laughs> I made myself do it before our nice. our time because I was like if you don't do this what are you gonna be like on camera yeah. you know <laughs> so real yeah <laughs> Uh, that was a beautiful practice. Thank you for sharing that. 
Oh yeah. I, I know that folks are gonna take take that to heart. I know I am. Good. So I'm gonna ask um if you have anything you wanna share around like upcoming projects or like places folks can continue to learn from you, follow you, support you. Yeah. Um I am currently teaching um a class on medicinal wonder tales um where i kind of do a night of storytelling and then the following day is kind of a energetic dive into the the medicine of the fairy tale as and then a plant ally that kind of helps us go through the story or is kind of like the little helper through through the wonder tale um so it's a class about plant energetics, but as well, but story medicine as well. And we kind of like work magically with both the story and the plant at the same time. Um, so I'm doing, there's two more sessions of that one in September and then another in November. And you can sign up at any point for them. And I'm really like trying to figure out what my next classes will be that I teach. Everything is so strange right now. Like I'm like, can we meet in person again? I, I don't know. So don't know. I'm, I'm like, I feel like it's a no for me. So I'm trying to figure out like what, um, what else to offer online this, mm -hmm. this fall and winter, but um, I am going to be opening my, my clinic space for like um, in-person appointments here in Kingston, New York, if anyone's in the Hudson Valley, um, where I will like be doing one-on-one -on -one work with people and it will maybe eventually be a teaching space for in-person classes one day. Um, but right now all the teaching I'm doing is online and I hope to announce more classes um, later in the summer, but I'm kind of keeping quiet, Casey. I'm, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just gotta tend to the garden this summer and like, yeah. But oh, and I will say, I do have like my product line, which is Sister Spinster, um, and I'm still making all these fun potions and all that is actually being reworked right now too. So next year it will look very different and have different formulas, but that's a big part of what I'm doing that if you want to kind of connect with some fun flower essences, that's available. Love it. I'm very excited for the Angelica class. I'm going to. Yeah. Gonna it's such a good story, that story. So I'm excited. I think I missed it when it was in person. Like I did a few of those classes, but I missed the Angelica one. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Angelica growing near you? Mm hmm. Okay. That's right. It's all yeah. over the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a huge, there's a, there's a hike that I go on. That's just like covering. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. Ooh, that sounds like a good place to hang out right now. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you ever come back to California, <laughs> it will happen one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was such a lovely conversation. I know folks are going to enjoy it. Hmm, thank you for having me. It was, it was fun. It's good things to think about.